Hi, this is Stay, and I am your host, Takesha August. On this podcast, you'll hear conversations and content dedicated to trust, love, and honoring our intuition from birth to motherhood, from work to womanhood. Collectively, we will be cultivating peace, joy, confidence, and community, the foundational elements of thriving in a well-lived life, and sharing some laughter along the way. Here's to new patterns, healed hearts, and becoming the masters of our own self-preservation. You are invited to stay with your heart, with your body, and with me. to stay. You know, I've got to be honest, I take these long breaks in between. And while I miss talking to you and having this time to connect, I really had to become very honest with myself about the reality of the season of life in which I'm living. So over the summer, summer break, I have a small child and during the summer, Our days get very full, very busy, very loud. Um, And in addition to that, I have my business that I run as a birth worker. I also hold space and lots of it inside of an online membership community for female entrepreneurs. And by the end of every day, I just didn't have much left to give. So... Well, I don't apologize for that. I just want to set the expectation and give you permission that when your life is just also real life just happened. My phone rang uh, with my kid's teacher calling from school. Um, and so if you if you happen to be a person that is holding space, Maybe you're running businesses, maybe you are in a corporate environment, and you are still the one holding the um, energetic bag in your household for making sure the kids are together, making sure the house is put together, making sure all the humans and creatures that live in your house are fed, and groceries are stocked, and laundry is washed, and all the things. I just want you to give yourself a little squeeze, wrap your arms around your body, Give yourself a hug and say, I am grateful for you, for all that you do, okay? Um, Because life is life, and sometimes life be lifing. So that aside, um, I have a little bit of a podcast quickie for you today. A while back, I asked those of you who follow me on Instagram if you would be interested in an Ask Takesha type segment. And the response was reasonable and really uh, surprising, which I did expect a few people to say, absolutely great. But there were so many of you that just wanted to share and wanted to um, get insight whether it would be from me or from maybe an expert that I would bring on um, about your life and answers 
to the real life things that you are navigating on a daily basis. And so um, there was a theme among several of the entries, and that theme was betrayal and transition. And I thought the two together go really well because when I think about my own life and experiences, I have myself experienced many things that I would view as betrayal, disappointment, um, just really feeling overwhelmed emotionally by a sudden shift in a relationship dynamic of any sort, whether that be with jobs that I lost um, by surprise, thinking everything was going amazing, a dream job. I had a, I had a job that I loved. Oh my God. It was literally my dream job. Um, I had worked so hard to get to a place where I could be myself in a work environment. And um, I was working for a publishing company. It was a very small publishing company in uh, right outside of DC. And I loved it. I was the marketing manager. Um, I was operating fully in my zone of genius or what I felt at the time was my zone of genius. I worked with an amazing small team of creatives and authors and, you know, things were going great um, until they weren't. Uh, the office itself, it was a division of a larger entity that, that existed in another state. Um, I quite honestly don't know if they are in existence today, if they survived the COVID era. Perhaps they did. I'm not quite sure. I didn't keep up with them after our breakup. <laughs> um, but things were going amazing um, until I was kind of given an ultimatum. Like, you know, we've made plans to shut down this location and um, you have an option to relocate yourself. Go down to our other office, our large office, um, of which did not feel like a good fit for me because, uh, one, as a black woman, the environment in which the uh, main office was located, I did not feel safe when I went to visit. Um, and secondly, I had already established a life in D.C. I owned a home. Um, I, was, I just started grad school at uh, the George Washington University getting my master's in publishing because that's where I wanted to be. I wanted to be in that industry and to grow and expand there. And so when I kind of had that boundary of, hey, no, I would really love to stay here and work remotely. My job was not, you know, it wasn't required for me to be on site for the, the nature of my work. Um, and I know there were many other people within that organization that were given the opportunity to work remotely. And so I also thought that that was available to me. Um, I was also led to believe that that was available to me until something, something happened behind the scenes, unbeknownst to myself. And I was called into an office and basically given 30 minutes to clear out my desk because there was one particular person that did not like the idea of working with someone like me, which I understood that to be um, working with a woman of color, working with a black woman who um, was not quite as agreeable as this new 
leader wanted me to be. Um, and I was devastated. I, um, I had trusted someone else with some information. And, you know, the specifics of, of all of this is not as important as the outcome and the emotion. And suddenly my, the vision that I had for my life was wrecked within an hour's time. And I was sitting in my condo, you know, <laughs> with a mortgage and lots of bills. I was not a mother at the time, so grateful that at least for that first experience, um, I did not have that to navigate. But it was something that really shook me loose because not only had I found a scenario that felt like home, but it was so easily taken from me by someone who was very new to the equation, who did not know me, and in fact insisted that I was someone that I was not. And so I felt stuck. How do I move forward and go for you know, another job that feels like home? How do I you know, reach higher and do more? And I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure how. But what I did know was, you know, the reality of needing to pay bills and needing to find a, a structure and um, an opportunity that still made time for the lifestyle that I had built around that particular position. Being able to go to school in the evenings, being able to study, um, working in my industry, um, in an environment that felt inclusive, at least, in, you know, in that office, it felt very inclusive and um I trusted the people that I worked with. And so what I did was I gave myself very strict parameters around how long I would allow myself to grieve. So this was something that I also did with relationships, with romantic partnerships, the ones that did not work out for one reason or another. You know, at that point in my life, I, I was usually the person that cut relationships off, but even still, it was a heartbreak. And so I would give myself three days, three days to feel, to cry, to eat all the ice cream, to watch all the movies, to, you know, write everything that I was feeling in my journal, to word vomit to all my friends about how I was feeling and who did what and who to blame and why couldn't this have happened and all these different things. And then at the end of that time period, I was going to expect myself to make a different decision. And while I wasn't fully clear on what that decision would be, I knew that there was that boundary where I needed to look up and live, as my great-grandmother used to say, look up and live. You can, you can lay down, but don't stay down. <laughs> All, all the sayings that really rooted me from childhood up into my adulthood. And that really didn't mean much to me until I was adulting. I really had to feel into what did, what did it mean to look up and live? What in the world? What kind of crazy old lady stuff is that? But it was real, right? When you're down, when you are really down, it takes a lot to look up and choose life. Not as, a, you know, in opposition to death, but life as in living and being alive and doing it on purpose, right? So here's the thing. Humans will disappoint you. 
In fact, if you live long enough, you will disappoint many people yourself. But what defines a betrayal really depends on the lens by which you view a particular scenario. Now, I shared a scenario about a job um, that I loved so much and really connected with the people which I was working with. But many of us may be able to better identify with an obvious feeling of betrayal if our romantic partner, for instance, were to become intimate with someone outside of um, an understood monogamous relationship. So that would be simple. Like, absolutely, I would feel betrayed. And why? Because whether the person said, I will never step out on you, I will never cheat on you, I will never be intimate with someone else, there's an understanding that at least one thing is true, that I am sharing vulnerably with you, I am bringing my best, I am sharing intimate parts of myself, whether it be my body, my heart, my mind, all of those things. And there's an understanding that, that it's mutual, that it's going both ways. I'm in it, you're in it. And if something changes, we also understand maybe we'd communicate. Maybe we'd give the other person an opportunity to know what's on our mind, what we are tempted by. And here's my thought around that. There are so many pieces in a bowl like that where we expect certain things of certain people for unspoken reasons. We assume one thing. We operate off of the lens of our own experiences and our own stories. So even if the partner that stepped out was feeling a certain way for a while, if they don't feel safe enough, perhaps, for whatever reason, not even necessarily reality because the other person doesn't feel safe, but maybe in their history, they hadn't felt safe to communicate to their other partner or to a person about how they felt, then they keep it to themselves and they move forward making a choice that is detrimental to their romantic partnership. And there are lots of reasons why people do the things that they do. And that is not forgiving anything that could be judged as wrong or right in any kind of relationship, friendship, partnership, work environment, any of that. But what's important to remember always is that everything, everything can be used as an opportunity to grow you up, to move you forward, or to leave you stuck. And since you are in the driver's seat of your life, you get to choose where you land. Now, there are some people that in facing betrayal, they do get stuck for longer periods of time than those three days that I often allow myself to move through any kind of extreme emotion. Now, of course, and I'll provide this caveat, if, if there is a scenario of grief, which we may talk about grief later on, um, but say in the instance of someone actually leaving this earth, going on to another soul assignment, their body, their physical form is no longer present, I'm most likely giving myself more than three days, right? Depending on the nature of the relationship. Um, and grief in and of itself in that form is an ongoing experience that evolves and shapeshifts and turns into other things. And 
um, kind of exists and weaves itself into and around your heart in a very unique way. So I'm not, I'm not putting grief and betrayal in the same bucket, so to speak. But what I am encouraging each of you listening, and especially those of you who asked the question related to betrayal and how not to get stuck, how not to give up on love, how not to give up on your dreams, how not to give up on your creativity and your ideas, and not to give up on who you are intrinsically as a person. I had moments where I was tempted to be more agreeable, like, oh, if this person had a problem with me, I could have kept my dream job if I was just the person that said, yeah, sure, okay, sure, whatever you want. If I had put my morals on a shelf and just did whatever they said so that I could maintain what I wanted in order to save face, to keep my good money, to get my good benefits, all the things. But the reality is I would have to go to sleep with myself every night. Part of the enjoyment and the joy of the work I was doing was because I could be myself. And if I was operating out of integrity, that was not being true to myself. How long could I have lived being someone that was not me. So once I realized like there really was no no choice in that for me. It was very clear. Because of who I am, this opportunity had met its expiration. And even in that experience, jobless, <laughs> on the hunt again looking for something else that might light me up even in the slightest bit as much as that one. I was reminded of some of the tenets that I had been practicing very loosely at that point um, because this was a time in my history before I became a yoga teacher, um, but I had been practicing yoga since 2003, since I was in college. And one of the tenets, one of the, the foundational elements of yoga, there are these guidelines called the yamas and the niyamas. And one of the yamas or one of the restraints is non-attachment or aparigraha or non, non-excess. And in that, there is this element of giving yourself an opportunity to enjoy things as they are when they are. But when it is time to release them, letting them go so that you are open and free enough to take in and call in and attract what is for you next. It is literally impossible for a bird to fly and remain attached to its perch at the same time. And that's essentially the the thought behind non-attachment as one of these tenets. And I found a lot of peace in that. Um, I found a lot of spaciousness in being able to celebrate the joy of that experience while I had it, or being able to celebrate the joy of relationships. I'm, I'm also I also have the reputation uh, among my friends of being the person who maintains decent relationships or friendships or at least acquaintance level connections with almost all of my ex-boyfriends. 
And that is because of that element, that non-attachment, that belief that I am allowed to appreciate what was and at the same time give myself permission to release it. I can honor and appreciate what those relationships or what those opportunities brought into my life and the joy that I experienced during them in full knowing at the moment of those joys, knowing that that was not promised tomorrow. Like it wasn't a promise for me to feel that level of joy for years and years and years to come. So I would have these moments where I still remember standing in one of my ex-boyfriend's homes and feeling so alive and joyful and then taking a mental note. Remember this feeling as it exists in your body right now so that you can return to it even if this relationship itself comes to a close. So that really is my, my advice to you. When we are experiencing and navigating a betrayal and trying to find our footing and deciding, do we want to trust this person, this situation, this scenario, this offering, any of that? Am I clinging to what I feel like it should be, my belief around it? Or can I accept what is and what was as joyful and useful and valuable and let it go and be open to what is next, what is highest, what is for my good, without making someone or something higher than the God that holds me together every day. And so that may seem very simple, like, but, you know, this person or this experience or this, like, they've got to pay. Like, we, we have this very, like, vengeance, revenge-minded culture, right? Someone's got to pay for this because I'm hurt, I'm disappointed, I'm overwhelmed. But what is your allegiance to? Is your allegiance to your pain and your disappointment? Or is your allegiance to love, hope, joy, and trust that if this could come, then better can also find you. So go forward in love, go forward in peace, and allow that little piece of wisdom to guide you through the transition of what next, what now. Get still more often than you had been before. Listen with new ears. Pray to the God of your own understanding. Lay on the earth, drink water, nourish your body, rest yourself. And when you feel and hear your next instruction, then you get to choose how you proceed. Will you remain attached to your perch or when will you release your feet from where you stand and simultaneously open your wings so that you can be carried by the winds that are calling you forward. As always, you are so very loved. And if you want to have further conversation about what it means to move through the transition for your own unique scenario, 
You can connect with me in my DMs on Instagram for right now. They're not too busy that I can't connect with you and respond. So I welcome you to find me there. As I love these kinds of conversations as we're all doing our very best to navigate life from our own lenses, our own stories, and our own understanding so that collectively we can get to the same destination of love, of peace, of joy, and of freedom. So until next time, take care of yourself. Take care of you.